What's up, Raider Nation? I want to welcome everybody to the first ever post-game edition of the Autumn Wind Podcast. And have a heck of a way to start it off with a road win at Carolina, 34-30. to That game had me sweating it out, especially there towards the end. But we pulled out the victory on the road, led by Josh Jacobs and company with three touchdowns. We're going to break it all down and leave a look ahead next week to New Orleans. Let's dive right into this here on the Autumn Wind Podcast. It's hard to believe that week one has come and gone, but guess what, everybody? The Raiders pulled out a close one, a very close one down there in Charlotte, 34-30 to behind an amazing effort from Josh Jacobs and a couple other very notable performances. Is it just me or did the football season sneak up on us? I really didn't feel that with the lack of preseason and uh, very minimal media coverage going into it. It was kind of surreal seeing that, that silver and black out there uh, at 10 a.m. Pacific today, but it was awesome. It was certainly a lot of fun, and there's a lot to certainly take away from this game, good and bad, but certainly a lot of reasons to be excited as we take a look at this game. So 34-30, to obviously a very tight one, pretty much from the get-go. In fact, there were seven lead changes in the game today. That only happened once all of last year for the entire NFL, back and forth. So you got to respect the competition level from both teams, they certainly brought it uh, all game long. A couple notable uh, stats before we kind of get into everything. There were zero turnovers in the game. Both sides. Both quarterbacks, I thought, took care of the ball very, very well. Uh, kind of similar quarterbacks. Pretty conservative with the football. Uh, and they played a clean game. In addition, there were only eight penalties in the entire game. Both teams. So overall, it was not a very choppy game. It was very fluid. There weren't penalties and turnovers that kind of interrupted the flow of the game, which is kind of good and bad in a sense. But the irony of the, of the low penalties is there was one big penalty, and I would even argue it was the most pivotal play of the game. In fact, it was probably the biggest play to hear Whitehead has ever made for the Raiders, and he did it on the Panthers. He pretty much just tackled Hunter Renfro on a third down, and it turned into a pass interference. And uh, set up a scoring drive, if I'm not mistaken. So to hear Whitehead, the revenge game, the Raiders triumph. Very interesting game, guys. I thought we came out very fast, as we normally do, uh, after the three and out, of course. And we really had command of the game at an early point. In fact, we were up 27-15 at one point, And we were really another score away from turning into, into a blowout. Uh, but as we all know, and we've learned over the years... The Raiders don't like to make it easy on their fans. They want to keep everybody on the edge of their seat. And that included 15 unanswered points by the Panthers. Uh, it's ultimately taking a 30-27 to 27 lead over the Raiders. And luckily, we responded with Josh Jacobs' touchdown. Josh Jacobs, in my estimation, was the best football player on the field today. Both sides, and that's including McCaffrey. I thought Josh Jacobs really showed the entire world what he's about. I think he was frustrated that he wasn't able to finish the season, uh, obviously healthy and, and on a high note last year, and he got snubbed for rookie of the year. And boy, did he come out with a vengeance today with 25 carries, 93 rushing yards, and three touchdowns. He also had uh, several catches in the past game as well. It was very nice to see that hat trick for Josh Jacobs because he is as good as it gets when you look at a running back 
in the NFL. He has power. He has speed. He has agility. He has vision. His jump cuts are just a thing of beauty. And he put that on display all game long. He's able to lower his shoulders, finish runs. He was the best player on the field today, and there's no doubt about it. If Josh Jacobs continues to play at that level all season, and I'm confident he will, we should be in good shape. I think I read a stat that last season we were 7-1 and one when Josh Jacobs scores a touchdown. And we had a losing record in the games that he did not. So clearly he's the centerpiece of our offense, and that was on front display down there in Charlotte this morning. Very, very exciting things. In terms of what concerned me as I come out of this game, and I think everybody uh, should reflect on the depth chart, is uh, the depth. I thought the injuries made me a little bit uh, stressed out. I'll start with Trent Brown. He was kind of the talk of the offseason in the fact that he was hardly at practice based on what we've been reading, and that spewed right into the game. I don't know if he played one or two series, but he went out with a calf injury very, very early on, and he never returned. That is our starting right tackle. He is a Pro Bowl caliber player who dealt with injuries last year. So it's definitely a red flag to see he missed all of camp and he was hardly a go today. I thought Sam Young, who was his backup, played very admirably. But even he went down with an injury at one point. He eventually came back and Denzel Good filled in. So offensive line depth, that is a little bit of a concern uh, when guys start going down. But the O-line were the unsung heroes in today's game. Derek Carr, zero sacks. In fact, he was not under duress at all. His jersey was squeaky clean. And they also helped open the running lanes for Josh Jacobs. I think there was a second touchdown Jacobs scored where I want to say Hudson and Incognito just cleared out Derek Brown, who was the first-round pick for the Panthers, and Jacobs just waltzed into the end zone on a massive gaping hole right up the middle. So big tip of the cap to the offensive line. I thought Colton Miller looked really good. He hold, he held his own today against Brian Burns. And everybody else really played their part. But certainly the depth is a concern, especially if the injuries continue to creep up on Trent Brown. Something to keep an eye on as we go. In addition, I talked about it on several podcasts. I know uh, Evan Groh over there from Silver and Black today, he talked about it on several podcasts. And that was the depth at linebacker. I was always concerned about if one of our primary guys went down, who would fill in? And unfortunately, Nick Kwiatkowski did go down with a pectoral injury pretty late into the game. We really don't have a lot of information about it. Fingers crossed, it's nothing. Kwiatkowski is a team captain, and he is a pivotal part of this defense in 2020. So really, really hoping that it's nothing severe. But we did trade for McMillan, and he he filled in for Kwiatkowski in the second half. So Things to keep an eye on there. And then lastly, Henry Ruggs, who we're going to get to in a second. Originally, it looked like an ankle injury. They're saying it's a knee that was late in the first half onto the sideline. Kind of got rolled up on awkwardly on a tackle. Uh, He came back. Uh, So he did come back, although after he came back, he was very quiet. So let's talk about Henry Ruggs for a second. Henry Ruggs, I talked about it back in the pre-draft process. I said he is boom or bust. He probably has the highest ceiling out of all the receivers in this year's draft class. But like I said, he may have the the, the lowest floor. So he's either going to be the next Tyreek Hill or not. I got to tell you guys, I was absolutely thrilled and fired up to see Henry Ruggs today. He just looked so fluid. And he's like a a Stingray Corvette out there, just so fast. And it doesn't even look like he's trying to be fast. He's just naturally fast. 
And it was really cool to see Carr trying to get it to him deep. They didn't connect on the first one, but they did connect on a 45-yard bomb, which was almost a touchdown. Henry Ruggs has me really, really excited. In fact, he is exactly as advertised throughout the combine process and the pre-draft process. Now, I watched a lot of Alabama football last year, but it's awesome to see Henry Ruggs translate his college tape and his speed directly to the NFL. He is going to be a player in this league if Gruden and Carr continue to utilize the skill sets. No dink and dunk. Open it up. Take some shots. Uh, But Henry Ruggs, keep an eye on him. I think that young Alabama duo of Ruggs and Jacobs is going to keep Raider Nation excited for a very, very long time. In terms of the man throwing to Henry Ruggs, the man who I called uh, the car conundrum in a podcast, in that Raider Nation is very divided on Derek Carr. It's no secret about it. You have the pro-car stands, as I like to say, and you have the anti-car crew on Twitter. I fall somewhere in between. I, I just try to evaluate him objectively. He's a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. But I'll tell you what, I thought he played very, very well today, and I was impressed with Derek Carr. In terms of stats, he was 22 of 30 with 239 yards and one touchdown. He did hit Nelson Aguilar, the former USC Trojan, on a touchdown, on a deep shot, actually. Carr was impressive. He had command of the offense. He was decisive. He knew when to get rid of the football. And for all the people out there clamoring for him to take more shots, I thought he did that. I really did think he, he, he took some shots when it was appropriate. And uh, he really spread the ball around in, in Gruden's offense, where Darren Waller had six receptions for 45 yards. You saw what Henry Ruggs did in the first half. You saw Josh Jacobs get involved in the passing game. Derek Carr looked good. Now, I know the Panthers are not the greatest test in the world, especially with the clean weather. It looked like it was a nice day out there. But you got to tip your cap to Derek Carr. He looked really good, and he really didn't miss a beat. And uh, a little bit off topic, but I'm really curious, if you guys are watching the CBS telecast, what is the audible for Cindy Gruden, Tiger Woods? He screamed that, and with no fans on the road, everybody heard it. So let's keep an eye on that here as we as we go along to see what audible uh, that means. But that was the offense. Overall, I was pretty pleased. I thought there was a stretch in the second half when we had the lead. We did get a little bit conservative, but overall, I got to say, I, I was very excited uh, about the year three of Gruden and Carr week one, along with Josh Jacobs coming back, along with the explosiveness of Ruggs and Darren Waller's experience. Uh, one thing that I was hoping to see more of in terms of the offense was Brian Edwards. He started the game. He only had one reception for nine yards. Pretty quiet. I mean, I'm not going to really overreact about a rookie uh, third-round pick. I still think Brian Edwards could be really, really good. It was just very quiet. And I've been adamant about it. I talked about it on the last podcast that the Raiders are going to be a very, very heavy run and tight end oriented offense. I'm talking 12 personnel, 22 personnel. And you heard me allude to Jacobs and Waller earlier. Heck, even uh, Jason Witten had a catch today as well. But that's going to be our, our mojo for success in 2020. But offensively, and I talked about it, I wasn't really too concerned going into the season given all the continuity that we had at the O-line, at quarterback, at head coach, it was the defense that had concerned me. And I got, to be honest with you guys, for everybody out there listening here on the Win podcast, the defense is going to keep me up at night a little bit. Now, it did get better in the second half. But in the first half, we did not force a single punt. And we did not force a turnover. The Panthers scored on every drive. 
in the first half. And that's a very, very conservative Teddy Bridgewater-led offense. So in terms of the Panthers, yes, we did play arguably the best running back in football. Christian McCaffrey, and listen, McCaffrey is going to get his. He is that good, even against the best defenses in the league. McCaffrey is going to get his fantasy points, so to speak. In terms of the stats, he had 23 carries for 96 yards and two touchdowns, and he also had three receptions for 38 yards. So McCaffrey had a good game, obviously, over 100 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. But great players are going to get theirs. You can't stop great players. But it's everything else that I wanted to evaluate outside of McCaffrey. Teddy Bridgewater, I thought he was good. Like I said, I kind of compare him to Carr. He's very conservative. Bridgewater here had 22 of 34 passing, 270 yards, and one touchdown. That's what was a little frustrating for me is that the Panthers, especially in the first half, they were moving the ball up and down the field pretty effortlessly, and it wasn't big chunks. It was just methodical, uh, slowly moving the ball up and down the field and, 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 and scored, really, although we forced them to a few field goals. But it was the second half. That was a little alarming. I'm not going to overreact, but Robbie Anderson got the best of the rookie, Damon Arnett, on a 70, I want to say 75-yard bomb down the sidelines. Eric Harris took an absolutely awful, awful angle, and Robbie Anderson just sprinted down the sidelines and scored, uh, chased by a nice effort from Jonathan Abram, who we'll talk about in a second. I actually liked Arnett, and I do like Arnett. That was one bad play. He had another play where he tried to blow up McCaffrey, uh, and he put a good lick on him, but just didn't wrap up. Rookie mistakes. I talked about it on the last podcast. There are going to be growing pains with the very, very young secondary, particularly the corners. And Arnett got burned, but uh, he's aggressive. He's physical. He's feisty. I think he's going to be good. But as I warned everybody, there will be growing pains. Trayvon Mullen, I thought, had a good game. Uh, you didn't hear his name called a lot. Today, and that's generally a good thing for a corner. Uh, in fact, I think a lot of our passing defense issues today stemmed from the lack of pass rush. That's probably the one thing that I walk away from this game with that makes me very frustrated when I think about how this game played out. We had one sack, and it was a half sack from Mohurst and Carl Nassib. Outside of that, Bridgewater was virtually untouched. Crosby, quiet. Malik Collins, who Gruden really hyped up. I thought he was pretty quiet. And Cleland Furl, who was the number four overall pick in 2019. In terms of the pass rush, he was non-existent, and that was the case all of last year. So a little bit concerning. I think a lot of people were, were, were pounding their hand on the table, their fist on the table for Clowney or Everson Griffin or drafting an another pass rusher. We did none of the above, and we're rolling with our guys, our young guys. And I need to see more from Crosby and Furl because guess what? We're going to play better quarterbacks than Bridgewater throughout the season. We need to get to the quarterback. It just wasn't enough. But I will give Cleveland Furl some credit. He was instrumental in that fourth and inches stop on the Panthers' fullback. Uh, he essentially made the first contact with a great ball get off. Corey Littleton got into the mix there along with McMillan. For me... I just don't know when you have arguably the best player, the best running back for sure in football, how you don't give him the ball on fourth down. So it's a rookie mistake by rookie head coach Matt Rule. But that was one of the plays of the game, uh, especially defensively when you talk about really needing to nut up and make a stop. That fourth and inches was big. Um, a big, big, big stop by the Raider defense. 
But what was I excited about with the Raider defense? Jonathan Abram. He played one game last year. He got hurt. I was always excited about him. But, man, he is an absolute sludge hammer. He blew up McCaffrey. I mean, blew up McCaffrey. If you didn't watch the game, go check out the highlights. I mean, Abram was flying around like a madman. In fact, he was credited with 13 tackles on the day. And, honestly, I thought he was the best player on this defense today. He was always, always around the football. And when he gets there, as Vic Tafer tweeted, he is a missile, an absolute missile. And I'm telling you right now, those big hits are going to turn into forced fumbles at some point in the season. But it's really, really nice seeing two out of the three first-round picks from last year with big, big contributions. I'm talking about Josh Jacobs, and I'm talking about Jonathan Abram, uh, in addition to Henry Ruggs today, uh, the first-round pick, of course, from this year. So, takeaways from the game. We closed out a close game on the road. That's always a plus. Uh, I know the Panthers aren't uh, necessarily the most thrilling or intimidating team, but at the end of the day, wins are hard to come by in the NFL. And anytime you could go on the road with a shortened offseason, with a different time zone, and come away with a win, that's a very, very big deal. I thought the rookies looked promising. Uh, although Arnett gave up the big play, Ruggs looked good, Arnett looked good. Uh, you kind of consider Jonathan Abram a rookie in a sense in that he missed essentially all of last year. Essentially all of our young players, right? Uh, pretty much everybody I talked about on the podcast for the most part. Uh, and then depth. I've talked about the depth as a concern, uh, particularly at linebacker and offensive line. It's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out as we go along. But not trying to be a Debbie Downer. Don't get me wrong. We are 1-0. We should be excited. 1-0 is a big deal. But next week's a big game. We play the New Orleans Saints, the first ever NFL game in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. But we welcome Drew Brees and company, and they are pretty loaded on offense. Now, I think Michael Thomas went down with an injury today. I, truthfully, I don't have a lot of details on it. But you got Alvin Kamara and, and, of course, one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. And Drew Brees, Drew Brees coming to town. That's why I talked about the pass rush. You cannot let Drew Brees get comfortable in the pocket. He will pick you apart all game. And we don't want that, of course. So next week at home in our own stadium with that beautiful black Death Star in Las Vegas right off the 15 freeway. We get, I know there's no fans, but I want the team to create their own energy and really get after the quarterback and Drew Brees. I'm talking Furl. I'm talking Crosby, Nassib, Arden Key, Hurst, Collins. That's going to be the key to next week's game. I'm telling you right now, it's not Camaro. It's not anything else. It's getting after Drew Brees and making him uncomfortable. Uh, and then pretty much continuing what we did on offense uh, today. But for all the Las Vegas Raider fans out there, congratulations. 1-0, first win in the history of the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm pumped up. I'm excited. I can't wait to go back and rewatch the film and rewatch the highlights and dig into it a little bit deeper. But overall, this program is moving in the right direction from obviously 2018 when Gruden got here to now. He tore down the roster to build it back up, and a lot of the pieces are there now. There's five first-round picks in the last two years on this roster. We need to win some games. 1-0 is a good start. That's a wrap for this week's edition of the Autumn Wind Podcast. I want to thank everybody who's been rocking with the podcast since day one, which was about six months ago. It's been really exciting and fun to see how the podcast has grown in such a short amount of time. If today was your first time listening to the podcast, I want to welcome you and thank you for tuning in. 
If you're not following us on social media, you can check us out on Twitter at AutumnWindPod and also on Instagram under the same handle at AutumnWindPod. I hope everybody's safe. I hope everybody's well. And until next time, just win, baby.